Welcome to The Inner Room, a study where we review highlights on daily scriptures and focus on the instructions and examples they provide to learn mastery of our emotions, to guide us in our spiritual journey, to learn to pray, worship, and listen to God's will for our lives. Hello, this is Sofia Fonseca de Niño, and I welcome you to this inner room. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under the inner room, Emotions in the Bible. And we would love to hear your questions, your ideas, or your comments. Thank you for joining us today. We are not alone. We do not walk alone, and the readings today remind us of that. Ezekiel's reading from the ninth chapter tells us that even when things look really gloomy, as it did in the city of Jerusalem, we have heavenly help. And on the gospel reading today, Jesus reminds us that when we want to ask for heavenly help, we can pray together, and we're two or more gather and ask for something in his name. Everything shall be given. Let us then dive into the readings as we ponder, do you feel lonely? And have you asked for heavenly help for your biggest problems today? The first reading is from Ezekiel chapter 9 from verses 1 through 22nd. Isn't it wonderful to know that we're not alone, that we have angels ready to help, to protect, to fend, to light the path? In today's readings, angels are in action protecting Jerusalem. The city had turned against God and God's enemies were defiling the temple with their wicked lives. Uh, Ezekiel hears God speaking with a loud voice and calling forth six men who are in some sense in charge over the city and they are heavenly beings that come to protect Jerusalem. They have been chosen to select the people in the city that had aligned with God's ways and these heavenly beings are going to use weapons of judgment against the enemies of God. In this reading we're going to learn also that God will make what has gone wrong right. We can look at our world today and say, oh my goodness, how come the evil ones or the evil actions go unpunished? They don't. There, There is a time of reckoning. And in today's reading, we see an example of that. And God, who dwelled in the holy of the holiest in the temple, has moved to the threshold of the temple in the, in the reading, as the reading progresses, because he's going to be sending the angels into the city to mark the people. The reading has language that takes a few times to read to, to understand, at least it did for me. The Lord cried loud for me to hear, come, you scourges of the city. And then Ezekiel sees these men coming from the direction of the upper gate, which faces the north. And north is the direction of Babylon. And this is the time when they are getting invaded. And these beings are coming with a weapon and they're dressed in linen. And we know that linen is the cloth of the priests 
we see this even at the resurrection jesus had linen cloths that are, are there in the tomb and there's also a man that comes with them with this linen that has a writer's case at the waist so we know that he's coming and stand they stand in the altar which means they're ready to serve so when there is a prophetic reading there's all of these clues that we have to interpret because when we read it in one passing uh, we begin to hear the words but we have to take the clues and understand the prophetic message and then that message applied to the people of that time but because it's God's word it applies to ours as well so he calls to the man dressed in linen with a writer's case at his waist, saying to him, Pass through the city, through Jerusalem, and mark a tau on the foreheads of those who moan and groan over all the abomination that, abominations that are practiced within. So what's tau? Tau is the last letter of the Hebrew alphabet, and it is written at that time in a cross, which it's in a way a foreshadow of the cross of Jesus. And we've seen in readings before that there's a marking or a sealing when God is protecting those that are his own. We remember the blood posts or the, the blood on the doorposts in uh, Jerusalem when they're leaving, sorry, in um, Egypt when they're leaving, the Israelites are leaving the night of the Passover and also in Rahab's uh, windows they have these scarlet cords when the city is going to be uh, attacked uh, so we also see it in revelation in the book of revelation um, the those that are being sealed in their foreheads are marked that way and it's happening again here we ourselves do that on ash wednesday don't we we are also marked with a cross and then the reading continues that there's going to be uh, distraction of those that have chosen to defile the temple, defiled uh, God's allegiance and covenant with them, and the glory of the Lord it moves through the temple and then comes to rest on the cherubims that are there. So there's a, a sense of the exaltation of God's glory and a sense that there will be judgment, a sense that we're not alone, a sense that we have heavenly help, and that when all around, around us, it seems to be going the wrong way. There comes a time when all the rights are, or all the wrongs are right, righted, and there is a return to the judgment that God provides for the path to be aligned again. So we continue wondering, why do we feel alone? Why do you and I feel alone so often? Why do we forget to take a deep breath and ask from heavenly help? Let's look at the psalm today, which refers to this idea of God's glory being manifested in ways that are not easy for our eyes to see. The psalm is 113. We cannot fully comprehend God's glory. We know that one day when we see it, we will experience something we've never experienced before. And in Psalm 113, we say the glory of the Lord is higher than the skies. It is higher than anything that we can see. Our eyes see to the skies. Uh, there is at this time of the year, these meteor showers, and they can be enjoyed looking at the sky. And we can see the these stars that are so many light years away from us and the glory of God is much beyond it. We can feel a sense of awe if we look at the sun 
if we look at the planets, if we look at the moon, but everything we can see in the sky doesn't even compare to the majesty that, that we will see in God. Praise you, servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord now and forever. The praise of God's name is repeated many times in this psalm. And we can consider that in today's world, in today's music, there are a lot of blaspheming words. I hear constant uh, kids constantly singing songs. I don't think they're even aware that they're really damning God's holy name without even thinking about doing it. So let us be mindful of that and bless God's name several times. Every time that we hear somebody saying a terrible word uttered without much, much thought and naming God in ways that are really defiling him. So in our culture today, we have lost our ability to to give that kind of sacred reverence to God's name, but we can do that. In the verses um, beyond it, we hear, High above all nations is the Lord, above the heavens is his glory. We can see glory in the nations. Think about it. Maybe you've seen one of the great cities of the world, We've seen impressive palaces or amazing gardens or tall skyscrapers, some impressive stage for human action, but nothing at all can compare to God's glory. And the temple of Jerusalem was supposed to have a lot of gold and impressive cedar structures that were carved beautifully and the best linens and uh, thick curtains and none of that, as tall as the halls were and beautiful as it was, could in any way compare or contain God's glory. And yet God moves within the things that we create for his greatest reverence. That's why the churches and the palaces and the things that we can see in the world might give us a hint, but they can't quite compare. And this amazing majestic God is looking for a relationship with us and he's sending us help constantly. But oftentimes, we forget to even ask. So if you're feeling lonely, take a deep breath and say, Lord, Lord of hosts, even in the midst of action, in the midst of work, in the midst of people in my home, I feel lonely. Be my guide. Help me find connection and relationship in my heart with you and let that be enough. Let that be all that I need. And we move into the reading of the gospel where Jesus explains this a little further. The Gospel is from Matthew 18, verses 15 through 20. The power of group action to correct and to pray are the two themes of these verses. Just like in the first reading today, we have angels protecting Jerusalem. We also have each other, one another, as humans, for protection for correction and for supplication. Jesus says to his disciples, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. So this is the first layer of connection. We can help each other along the way, knowing that all of us are going to falter, that we're all going to be imperfect, that we're going to all do things that hurt each other, and that we have to come and correct one another, assist one another, direct one another. This isn't always easy, especially if we're trying to correct someone, say, don't do this, or this is hurtful, or maybe this is something that you should consider not doing. Uh, we may not be hurt. So Jesus continues knowing this. If he listens to you, you've won over your brother. 
But if he doesn't listen, then take one or two others along with you so that every fact may be established on the testimony of the other two. So maybe you've seen somebody doing something that wasn't right and you want to help them and they don't want to. So in this intimate individual action, we can enlist the guidance and help of others to do an intervention and assist. And if you are in a workplace and you see something that is not working and you point it out and, and it's it's not really getting corrected, you might need to come to another person there to to create the conditions for a change. Because in an environment where many are going in a particular direction, if you notice something that isn't right, then we have the responsibility, the duty of creating awareness so that it can be changed. If he refuses to listen to them, Jesus says, then tell the church. That means find help in the community, and in this case specifically in the authority of the church. But it, it can be in your workplace where it has to be elevated to some someone else that has authority or even a board, someone else that can help correct the action. But if the person refuses to listen even to the church, then Jesus says, treat him as you would a Gentile or a tax collector. That means if you've tried all these ways in your personal relationship and it hasn't worked, if you have shown the way, brought in assistance and called others, then this person may need to go down that path in order to learn a lesson or maybe discover themselves as God sees them. Jesus says, Amen, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you lose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. There is a relationship between how we hold each other in God's eyes. When they bring the woman that has been caught in adultery and they're ready to stone her, Jesus uh, tells them, if none of you has sinned, you can throw a, st a stone. Whoever doesn't hasn't sinned before, throw a stone, be the first one. And all of them leave. And then Jesus looks at the woman and says, no one is, no one is really judging you right now. I don't judge you either. So sometimes we hold grudges against each other and the person that you're holding a grudge against doesn't even know it or doesn't even remember it, but you're holding it inside. It's it's taking away your peace, it's taking away your sleep, it's taking away your joy, and you're holding on to it uh, on a physical level when in the spiritual level maybe it doesn't have any any bearing on the person. You know, God God has already forgotten about that. In your eyes, you sometimes don't do that. So I have to remind myself of that all the time. The last part of this verse is what I love the most because Jesus says, if two of you agree on earth about anything for which you are to pray, it shall be granted to you by my heavenly Father. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. So here you and I are gathered in Jesus' name and Jesus is here between us in this listening because I am holding the space in my own heart knowing that these words I've received, now you receive and then you pass them on to someone and in that thread of relationship of God's word spoken, uh, he continues to make himself present and known in that interior room of our hearts. In loneliness today then Lord, we come to you to say, we know that you are with us, that you hear us, and 
we adore you with profound reverence and we thank you for this time of prayer and we ask that you help us be fruitful and it is in your name jesus we pray amen Thank you.